When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Pitt fans? Welcome back to another Pitt Mailbag here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast network. He is Chris Carter. I am Noah Hiles. And Chris, uh, safe to say, pretty eventful weekend for all of Pittsburgh sports. But, uh, I mean, Pitt itself, quite the weekend. Got first ACC win. Um, and probably more notably, uh, a new quarterback and a new receiver as well. But, Eli Holstein is the big story right now as far as Pitt is concerned. Um, he's going to be taking up a lot of the conversation on this mailbag. But before we get into that, I mean, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. You know, it's a busy week in this week of sports. But, hey, busy weeks are fun ones, and we got a lot to talk about here in Pittsburgh. Absolutely. And before we do, we got to talk about our show's name sponsor, which is Mike's Beer Bar. Whether if you're in town for a Steelers, Pirates, or Pit game, Mike's Beer Bar is right across the street from PNC Park and has the best selection of beer in town, as well as amazing food options. They have over 20 TVs. You can catch all of your NFL, college football, Pirates, Penguins, Riverhounds, and Premier League action right at Mike's. Come on in and try one of their 500 different available beers, 300 of them being local craft beers, as well as 80 different local craft beers available on tap. You can also get a flight and try out every option you can dream of. And trust me, you won't ever run out of favorites because I never do. And I'm always there. Try their steak on a stone for an awesome meal where you can choose how hot you want your steak cooked with a heated stone right in front of you as you enjoy a night out in Pittsburgh. Come to Mike's Beer Bar and get your sports fix and experience the best bar in Pittsburgh. So like I said, Chris, it's going to be a lot of Eli Holstein talk today, a lot of transfer portal talk today. We'll get it started right here. Uh, 93.7 The Fan Intern on Twitter. Uh, I don't think he's actually an intern, um, no. but that's the <laughs> guy who submitted, the person, I don't know if it's a guy or girl, submitted this question. Uh, what, they want to know, is Eli Holstein the favorite to start at quarterback this season? You want to take this or shall I? Oh, uh, You could lead with that. I'll say he's definitely in the competition. Um I don't think there is a favorite right now, personally. I, I think that Nate Yarnell probably has the best body of work. Uh, if we're going off of last season, that doesn't mean Christian Veyer should be ignored because I, I think he has the athleticism and the physical traits that would, you know, translate well in this office or offense. But it, I mean, Holstein is, is every bit of a player that you would want, right? So here, here are some reasons why I think, he could be the starter. Uh, first things first. I mean, this is a new offense, so he's not coming into a system where other people know it better than he does. Right. He's going to be transferring in. He'll, he'll be taking classes here soon whenever the spring semester starts. And actually, I think it started today, but he'll be here soon and he'll be learning the playbook at the same time as Christian, as Nate Yarnell, as Ty Diefenbach, and Julian Duggar, because he's an early enrollee as well. So all of them are going to be learning the system at the same time. Whereas last year, you look, I mean, Dracovic knew the system because he played in it at another place, but Bayer came in and he had to learn it from scratch while other people knew it. So that kind of put him a little bit behind the eight ball, but that's not a thing here. Um, you have to also consider, this is the only quarterback that Cade Bell recruited. And while I'm sure he put some fine, 
you know, some finishing touches on Duggar's recruitment, although I, I don't think there was much of a finishing touch to put on it, considering that he's a, a local kid and, and, and planned on early enrolling before the whole Cade Bell hire even happened. I, I would say that, you know, this is the one guy that Bell has picked out of that five scholarship quarterback room. And we've seen in the past how things typically play out when a guy goes and gets someone that guy in the past and Cade Bell's not Frank Signetti Jr. But you play your guy that you go and get. And I'm not saying that this is a guarantee where Holstein's going to come into camp as the favorite, as the QB one. I think there's going to be a competition that goes from spring into uh, the summer and goes all the way into week one. And we might even see a quarterback battle roll over into the regular season a little bit, but I think that there are a lot of factors. I mean, his, his prowess, his, the fact that Bell went and got him, the fact that he's learning the offense at the same time as everyone else are all factors that I think put him at an even level with guys that are older than him and have been around here longer. So I don't know if he's the favorite, but he's definitely not an underdog. Carter, what say you? You know, I think a big part of this is the talent that he brings in. Like you said, it's a whole new offense. Like this is going to be, and and not just a new offense. Like Frank Signetti was a new offensive coordinator, but this is like going to be a new look. Like by if if Cade if Cade Bell brings what he, uh, uh, you know, has has done, you know, in other places, this is going to be a lot of RPO. This is going to be a faster offense. And it's going to require athleticism from the quarterback. And it's going to require, you know, being able to process things at a, at a quick pace and being able to keep processing things at a quick pace. And how well Eli Holston keeps up with that is going to be huge. Um, you know, I think of, you know, Pitt's quarterbacks last year, Nate Yarnell was the best processor of the field. He understood where things were going in Pitt's offense, and he he grasped that. I think Christian Bayer had the best arm of the two quarterbacks that are coming back from, from last year. Um, so where does Eli Holstein fit into that? Does he have a stronger arm than, than Bayer? Does he see the, the field better than Yarnell? If he does both, he's definitely the starter. Uh, but, you know, part of this always plays into pedigree, you know, and, and what players, you know, you know, when they come to, when they come to a program through the transfer portal, you know, there's certain, you know, it's, it's a different part of the culture now that, that they're going to, they're, they're going to want things. They're going to fight for things. And they're going to be given certain opportunities. Um, so I think it's going to be really interesting to see how, how it plays out. Um, I, I'm not sure if I list him at a favorite, but I'd list him as as a, as a probable. Like I'd say, like, hey, like he's he's right up there with anybody. Like I would not. I, I think that's going to be the conversation we have going all up until the first kickoff. Because I guarantee you, Pat's probably going to keep QB one a secret until noon before the first day before the first game uh, when he has to release that first depth chart. Uh, or he lists three ors, and we're still guessing until kickoff. Yeah, that would be my guess is uh, we're going to see the word or uh, a lot on that depth chart. I will say it's going to be a very interesting spring game. I, I don't know if you could think of a more interesting spring game in, in oh, recent yeah. years. I mean, you could think Slovis versus Nick Patty, but it was assumed that Slovis would probably be the guy since they brought him in. But you have three really interesting candidates, new offense, a lot of newcomers. So the spring spring season is going to be very, very interesting for Pitt football. On the note of Holstein, uh, Brian wants to know, why should Pitt fans be excited about Holstein after what we've seen from past quarterbacks Pitt brought in through the transfer portal? You want to start with this, Chris? Yeah, I actually wanted to lead with this. It's because this is a very different transfer quarterback. Yeah. All the other guys, you know, the last two, Phil Dracovic, Keaton Slovis, they were coming in after having started other places. And, you know, Keaton Slovis had two years left of eligibility. Dracovic had one year left of eligibility. And, you know, the, it was it was very different. 
this is going to be Pitt's quarterback that they can mold. Sure, Holstein was with Alabama for a year, but he didn't play for them. He's gonna this this is gonna be their guy that they can mold. And he's not just here for one year. He if if he's with Pitt and he does well, he can stick around as, as long as he wants. And I think that's what Pitt's gonna be trying to do is build a guy with, with his pedigree. They're gonna want to build him into being their 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 sort of program guy that's going to carry them for a while so um I, I think this is very different because he has a lot more room to grow whereas the last two quarterbacks kind of were who they were going to be when they came to the program whereas Holstein there's not a lot of tape on this guy and and there's also not a lot of, not a lot of tread there's no tread on him you know Phil Dracovic came to pit came to pit you know having gotten beat the hell out of by Boston College a lot. And I, I think early on, you saw him playing kind of fine, but I think quickly and got as you got into the season, that showed in his in, in certain th- ways that he was physically limited. So Holstein won't have any of that. It's a it's a new slate. Um, so I think that I listen. If you're a Pitt fan, you have every reason to be like, oh, man, I don't know about these transfer quarterbacks. Just you know, just stick with the guy that's on the roster because that guy on the roster has finished the last two seasons, whether it was Nick Patty or Nate Yarnell. But I think that 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 should not sway you from at least giving Eli Holstein a shot if he turns out to be the best guy. Yeah, I think the last of the reasons that you listed, Chris, is the most important in my eyes. I mean, this guy's got a clean bill of health. Uh, Jerkovic and Slovis had injuries prior to coming to Pitt. And uh, I think that Slovis's season wasn't ever the same after his injury against Tennessee. Uh, that concussion, sure. I, don't, I don't know if it impacted him because of the concussion, but I think it threw him off a rhythm and it affected his confidence moving forward and kind of derailed his play. Um, and then Dracovic, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of similarities, and this is going to send some chills down some pit fans' spines, but there's a lot of similarities as to what Holstein is now and what Dracovic was at Pine Richland. I mean, he was mm. a high-caliber, four-star, high-end recruit, dual-threat quarterback um, who went to one of the top programs in the country. And this would be the equivalent of Pitt getting Dracovic after him sitting the bench for one year at Notre Dame, as opposed to him rotting on the bench at Notre Dame, going to Boston College and getting the heck beat out of him, and then coming here with only one year of eligibility. I I look at this as, to make an NFL comparison, this is like when, you know, an organization cleans house, and you'll see this from time to time, they hire an OC, and that OC picks his quarterback in the draft. And it's like, these guys are going to be paired together, this guy's going to kind of be paired with Cade Bell. And I'm not, I'm not assuming that Holstein's going to start in week one. Um, I think there's a really good chance, but I think that this is a long-term investment. And I don't know if you could really compare this to anything Pitt's ever done in the portal as far as quarterback. I mean, I know they've got multi-year starters in the, from transfers in the past. You think of, um, what's his name? Peterman. Uh, and, and they found success and they found some guys who weren't successful, but this is, this is essentially another high school recruit. That's essentially what yeah. they got here. Yeah. Uh, he, he's another member of this recruiting class and he's not because he had a, but he's even more valuable because rather than having, you know, just played a senior year of high school, he sat and learned and watched and practiced in one of the best college football systems that exists, which is Alabama. He worked with some of the best assistant coaches through routes and practice to some of the best wideouts, learned from some of the most intricate blocking schemes. I mean, he, he was around the best of the best. 
So you bring that kid in with four years of eligibility. That's the difference is that this kid doesn't have to be a success in year one. If he comes here and he doesn't beat out Nate Yarnell or Christian Bayer, that's okay. That's okay. That means the older guys played better and that's all right. That's what a lot of pit fans want to see anyway, right? You want to see the, them stick with the guys that are already here. So then you let him develop and let's just say that Yarnell or Bayer wins it and they start for the next two years. All right. Well, now you have a guy who's developed for two seasons at mm -hmm. Pitt, a high end talent, and he's ready to take the ball as a junior. That's the worst case scenario, right? If he doesn't see the field, whereas the other guys, it's you're, you're making a big NIL commitment and they're not seeing the field for the one or two years that you have them. It's a waste. It's not. This is a long term investment. This is a guy who can really get to know the offensive staff, not just the OC, but all of the new offensive assistants that are going to be coming in as well. And he can learn with them together throughout his whole college career. And that's, you know, maybe it does go poorly and he leaves after a year or two or something like that. That could happen as well. But I just think there, there's nowhere near the amount of pressure for this to immediately go right as before. And there's no injuries. There's no extra stuff. There's no reputation. It's a clean slate with a kid who has a ton of upside and if it doesn't go right, then you know what? Like there, again, there are other guys immediately who can fill in for him who are probably more qualified to play right now anyway. And then, you know, you have Duggar behind him. You have other guys that you can recruit in high school. So there, there's nowhere near as much pressure for this to be an instant success. That's why I think you should be excited. Although, like I said, they might want to get him out on the field because this is a big get. So we'll see. Drake wants to know thoughts on the three assistant coaches who were let go on Friday. Any surprises there for those who missed it? Uh, I didn't even include that in the intro as far as an active weekend, because the whole scene thing kind of overshadowed yeah, it, but yeah, crazy, Tim, right? Tim Salem, Andre Powell and Dave Borbley all let go a uh, long time assistants. Two of those three names that I listed have been with Narduzzi since the very beginning here in Pittsburgh. Um, and then Borbs has been here since what? 2018, I believe. So, I mean, you're, you're looking at, the three, three of the more tenured guys on the staff, two of the longest tenured guys on the staff, and and guys who've been around for multiple OCs, guys who are all around for the most successful year pit football has seen in, in almost 30 years or over 30 years. So big changes. Would I say any surprises? I'll start with this. And Chris, I think I speak for you when I say this. The only real surprise here is Tim Salem. Agreed. Um, Powell... Nice guy, great career, and contributed a lot to Pitt. But the special teams have been awful. He's the running backs coach and the special teams coach. That that change had to happen. And Borbley, um, the offensive line, I wouldn't say has been terrible, uh, but it hasn't been great. And I think the most of the success that he experienced here was due in large part to a whole bunch of guys having a lot of eligibility. There was a back or a log jam of juniors and seniors over the last two, three seasons. And once that log jam cleared up, that depth wasn't what we thought it would be. So I think that those two moves were a given. Um, I think they took place when they did because Narduzzi wanted assistant staff to be able to help recruiting, help out recruiting and finalize that 2024 class. And they didn't want to fire anyone over the holidays. But now that they're back in the office and working in the new year, those changes were made. The Salem one's a little bit more surprising because 
I mean, tight end has been whatever what it's been. It, you can't really judge it because they haven't been able to get the tight ends the football. But that guy's a heck of a recruiter. Uh, Jim yep. Hammett, our friend from Panther Layer, pointed this out to us. Um, I don't know if he tweeted this or wrote about it, but he told us, you know, just in a group text, Pitt had six players drafted last draft. Four of those were guys that Salem recruited. And he, mm. he also recruited Kenny Pickett. You know, like he's yep. a guy who goes out and finds talent on the East Coast. Those those areas where Pitt's had success, you know, the New Jersey's, the New York, that, that's Tim Salem. So mm-hmm. his departure is a little bit more of a surprise. Is it a huge surprise, though? Not in my eyes, simply because it was time for fresh blood. The offense was historically bad as far as pit standards go. And when that happens, you bring in a new guy and you let him build that new staff. I mean, heck, it, it was far. It was it was it was terrible as far as anybody's standards go. Yeah, uh, it, it was last in in points scored, last in total yards, last in rushing yards, last in third down, last in time of possession. That's a lot of lasts. And when you're that bad, something has to change. And and that's where that's where you look around and you see like, hey, look. And I think I I, I appreciate it actually. The collective response, you know, because we we broke this story here, but the collective response of Pitt fans to this because when a lot of times when coaches get fired like with Matt Canada with Steelers yeah get him out of here he's a bum but there were pit fans who were, uh, were, were who were just like you know what we get this move but like thank you to Powell and to Borbs and to Salem because they were part of some great memories at pit football and I was like that's a wholesome response and you know and because Pat Narduzzi he respects those guys heck Salem and Powell have been with him since the beginning that he started here Powell with him back in the 90s in Rhode Island when you and yeah. I were like babies so before like, I was alive yeah. exactly so like yeah. that's that's where we're at with this is that I think that I appreciated seeing some some wholesomeness from from pit fans who recognize like, Hey, yeah, like a change certainly was needed, but like those guys were very good coaches for your program. They did a lot of good things. They, they, they helped, they helped develop a lot of really good players. Um, And, you know, but when, again, when you're that last in that many categories and our season falls off the rails as bad as that one did, that's where it's, it's very different. A three, a three win year with, you know, the offense being very bad in, in so many categories, it only makes sense to try to, to switch things up. And especially when you get a new offensive coordinator and it sounds like Cade Bell is going to get the chance to pick uh, his team because, you know, in all his time with Pat Narduzzi, those guys never moved. Salem Powell boards came in 2018. Like one thing, when I, when I talk to people around the program, they tell me that Pat Narduzzi is loyal to his coaches and he, he, and, and they repay his loyalty with hard work and, and bringing the team together. And that's part of what's built a great pit culture. So it's why Pat doesn't, Pat Narduzzi doesn't just go willy nilly and do that. So with this happening, this shows me Cade Bell is going to get the chance to build the roster that he uh, build the roster of coaches that he wants. Uh, Tyquan Underwood being the guy that stayed on offense. Uh, And I think he's the guy, a guy that's earned it with the, with how well the receivers have played. Um, so I think it, it's going to be interesting to see how it how it pays off moving forward. All right, next question. Ghost of Pitt script wants to know what positions do you expect to see some departures from after spring ball? Chris, I'll let you start with this one. I, I think one of the quarterbacks will go. I, I think that that's somewhat because here's what's going to happen is is this in spring ball normally there's a two quarterback competition. There's three quarterbacks competing r- right now that I think legitimately are going to happen. And I think that between Yarnell, Vayer, and, uh, you know, and Holstein, there's going to be one guy that's going to feel left out. There's going to be one guy that's going to be there. And I, I think they're going to be like, I can start somewhere. 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna figure that out. I'm gonna figure that out before it's too late. So I think quarterback's the main one. Um, I think you're gonna see some interesting competition at linebacker with the with the players that they brought in. Um, you know, I wonder what's going to happen at defensive line because there were some mm-hmm. guys that were going to leave defensive line. Nate Temple came back, um, you know, and uh, they've gotten a lot of recruits who have come up over the past, you know, who, who are who, who've been brought in the last two years and are coming in now. Um, and I'm going to be very intrigued to see how that the playing time gets doled out. So D line is going to be a big one. Quarterback, I think at least one guy leaves there too. Um, yeah, I, I think quarterbacks the the first place you put your eyes toward. I, I don't know if they even want five scholarship quarterbacks on the roster come fall camp. Uh, that that seems like a high number. Uh, but, you know, if they do, that's great. But I, I would have to think that out of, like you said, out of those three, you would think the guy who feels like he is least in the mix for a starting spot after spring ball would probably relocate. Um, unless that's Vayer and maybe he can't, then... You don't see – you would think, though, like you said, Chris, Diefenbach maybe. Uh, and if Yarnell just feels like he's not in a good spot to start, he might just say, all right, enough is enough. You know, I, I've I've been – I'm not going to be this next Nick Patty here and just be the glorified backup for my whole time at Pitt. And he might go somewhere else. And could you blame him if he did? I, I certainly wouldn't. So quarterback's one spot. I, I think defensive line is another for exactly what you said, Chris. They They stocked up in the portal. And they've got some good defensive linemen coming in in this high school recruiting class. They've got some younger guys, I think, ready to rock and roll there. Um, Maybe linebacker, they've added some depth there. And uh, there weren't as many departures as what we originally thought there would be. So maybe one guy leaves there. And then another position I don't think you mentioned is wide receiver. Uh, They added some depth Mm -hmm. at receiver. And they've got a lot of guys coming back at that spot to begin with. And there might be one or two guys who just look around and say, like, hey, you know, I'm I'm not in, I'm not feeling this offense or I'm not in a spot where I think is ideal for me in, in my college career. Maybe someone who's a sophomore or a junior is not thrilled with where they stand compared to someone who's a little younger than them or a newcomer or even people their own age. It's, it's one thing to be low on the depth chart as a true freshman, but where do you stand on the depth chart as a sophomore or a redshirt freshman? And are other guys ahead of you that you feel maybe that shouldn't be the case that could lead to some of the departures as well. But the big, the big areas in my opinion are quarterback and defensive line. Um, final question here. This one comes from James. Is it weird that Eli Holstein committed to Pitt so early after entering the portal? Um, this is, I saw this kind of brought up on Twitter or whatever. My answer to this is no. Um, this is college football, man. Uh, okay. There, there are people who are insinuating that Pitt tampered. Pitt, not to my knowledge, tampered. Uh, I, I wrote that Pitt had been interested in Holstein since October. That interest does not mean Pitt's calling him on the phone and actively yeah. recruiting him when he's on Alabama's roster. It means that, you know, and there was a story written uh, by Chris Peak of Panther Layer who does a great job of really recover uh, covering recruiting in depth. He talked about how, when Holstein started getting the idea that maybe Alabama wasn't for him, he was thinking about other places and he did his own research. He found, he knew a Pitt alum um, and he started looking into Pitt system and that's what he's supposed to do. If you're going into the portal blind, you're doing yourself a disservice. And that, again, that does not mean you have had seven phone calls with members of the staff or whatever. And, And granted there are schools, 
who definitely do tamper. There's schools who have their collectives contact agents. I don't know if Holstein has an agent or not. Um, and I don't know what the collective's role in this recruitment process was, but all I do know is yeah, yeah like we, we've heard from sources that Pitt heard that there might be a transfer coming from this kid and that, Hey, they, they have people, that's their job. Like we saw from basketball season with the basketball team where there were guys on staff who it was their job to draw, draw up a plan saying, all right, this is what we need in the portal as far as positions. And whenever the portal opens, this is, this is the type of player we're looking for as far as personality and output and everything. And pit football probably did the same thing. So yeah, you you get a good idea and you go after it. Yeah. It's common sense. Like you you look around, there's certain quarterback rooms that are crowded and when they're crowded with a lot of four-star guys, you try to figure the odd man out. Eli didn't play. There's a lot of talented guys on that Alabama roster. There, that's pro- that, that that's probably good deduction skills, and I think that that's that, that's where it's at. So I, I look at Pitt, and I think that they, you know, they they did their homework as far as who might be available. Right. And you know what? I bet you there were about four or five others out there that they were like, okay, this guy could be, this guy could be. But when Holstein hit them, they, they might have that might have been their number one guy, might have been the number two guy. Who cares? They were ready, and they pounced. And I think that that's a good thing for Pitt football that they're playing the game of the transfer portal. Uh, which is something they need to do. It's what a lot of programs are doing right now, um, and, and we'll see if it works out for them. Uh, but here's the thing. You hit on a quarterback uh, one time, and you get the guy. All of a sudden, you're a serious contender, uh, especially with the way that Pitt plays. So um, I, I, I think that there's nothing there, there's there's nothing weird about it. They did their homework. They they hit on a guy that, you know, I think that what, what you know a lot of people thought was weird was they thought that a guy like that would go for – big money to like Georgia right. or Washington, you know, one of the programs that that's in the national conversation every single year. Uh, but th- this is your, this is your program doing well. So pit fans, I, I think that, you know, you don't know how this is going to turn out, but I think it's a good sign. You're able to get a guy like that. All right. Well, that's all we got for today. Carter, any final thoughts as we wrap this up? Just be interested. Hey, just always, whenever you guys are showing up to the Pete, come say hi to us in the press box. We're always very friendly. Absolutely. That's all I got as well. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and keep tuning in to our pit mail back here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast network. Take care. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.